What's up, friends? It's Haley Hines, a.k.a. Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Give Him the Bird. On today's episode, I have a very special guest joining me, Dr. Tori from Half Crunched Mama Doc. Tori is a pediatrician, wife, mom to toddler and fur baby, and she is navigating the journey of motherhood and sharing the ups and downs along the way. In this episode, Tori and I talk about how she found her way into diet culture and how she started to shift her way of thinking about food and her body before getting pregnant. We also talk about how conversations around weight, body size, and dieting come up in her work as a pediatrician and also promote her up-and-coming podcast, Half Crunch Mama Doc. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Now let's get to it. Welcome, Tori. Thank you. Hello, hello. How are you doing today? Good. This is all new. So yeah. I, I'm good. Tori and I have actually been on Zoom for like a half hour trying to figure out our recording system. So um, newbies. <laughs> we are, we're both very new. You're obviously very seasoned. Oh, oh so seasoned. Just been doing this for years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited to have you on and talk more about, um, yeah, just your perspectives on body image and how you feel about your body from like a mom point of view, but also as a pediatrician and working with children and other fresh moms and parents. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why don't you just kick us off and tell us a little bit more about you? So like your personal life, professional life, whatever you want to say. Sure, sure. So um, I uh, went to college in Iowa, where we are now. Yes. So um, I went to college at the University of Iowa. That's where I met my husband um, in undergrad. And then we had kind of a very long and long distance journey after that. So I did my undergrad at the University of Iowa. I did my medical school in Kirksville, Missouri at a small little town, but it was the first osteopathic college there. Um, so I'm a DO. And then I did my residency at the University of Illinois College of Medicine in pediatrics. So that was three years. So undergrad was four years. Medical school is four years. Residency is three years. And then we moved back um, for my first big girl job as a general pediatrician. So Along the way, we got married, we adopted a dog, we had a baby, and through all of those things, um, I've, I've had some big, big shifts, some mm. bigger than others, and a lot more recently, um, I would say, were the biggest upon having a, a baby. Damn babies. They'll do that to <laughs> yeah, you. Not that I would know. know. <laughs> yeah. You might. You might Maybe someday. someday. So you have like 20 years of schooling under your belt. Um, no. <laughs> um, I love that you kind of transitioned into one of the questions I love to start out with is just how your def- definition of what it means to be healthy and fit has like changed over the years. That's one of the big things I like to do on this podcast is just like challenge the societal ideals for what we consider healthy and fit to be. Um, so yeah, how has, how has your perspective on that for you or even other people like shifted over the years? Yeah. So in high school, I didn't, I, I didn't really know much of diet culture. I grew up in a pretty small town mm-hmm. um, of like 13,000 and I played a ton of sports. So I was active all year round and I ate 
you know, like frozen pizza and mac and cheese and <laughs> basically whatever I wanted and never worried about my body size. I never really thought anything of it. I was glad if I could run down the court and, and jump high enough to spike a volleyball. And that mm-hmm. was kind of my only goals for my body. Um, and then when I went to college, it was, it was kind of like this wham moment of everybody else's, oh my gosh, I'm so fat for these jeans. Oh yes. my gosh, this doesn't fit anymore. And of course I went from being super active to not active. So my clothes were also getting tight and I was like, man, you're right. These clothes don't fit anymore. Maybe I am getting fat. Like all of these things that had never come up for me before started. And I think just being, you know, living in the dorm and being surrounded by, um, females particularly, because it was just like an all female floor for us, um, uh, from all these diverse backgrounds that were all talking about their weight and their body size and what they looked like was a lot for me and really kind of steered me down this path that I thought was normal, that I thought like was the next step. So I started counting calories. I started going to the gym to, to pre burn off calories before we went, you know, downtown or went to a party (laughs) or like had some drinks Mm -hmm. and that just all seemed normal because that's what everybody else was doing or not eating in preparation of going out to dinner, like not eating all day. Mm. And those things just seemed really normal. And I was always trying to get back to that before body because I was like, oh man, I really liked how my body functioned and looked at that point. I think, you know, I should get back there, but Mm. hello, you can't get back there. Mm. And so I spent probably the the next eight years in that cycle, like counting every morsel that went in my mouth and then thinking, I'm miserable. I feel miserable. Yes, I'm, I'm like a little, a little smaller number on the scale, but I don't, I'm not having fun. I'm not going out to eat with friends. I'm not doing any of the things that I like to do. And does this really make me happy? But at that point, it was just like this cycle that yeah. you just are stuck in. And so it wasn't until, I mean, my... One of the biggest wake-up calls for me was I was tracking calories because that's what I was doing. (laughs) And I said to my husband one night, I said, boy, I really want an apple, but I don't have any calories left. (gasps) Whoa. Mm. And he was like, um, so you can have an apple. (laughs) An apple is good for your body. And in my head, I'm like, boy, that does seem backwards, doesn't it? Huh. And so... Before we talked about having a kid, I was very much like, something has to change. I'm not happy, you know, like this, this cycle is just making me feel awful because I felt guilty once I binge and then I, yes. I of course, get on the scale. And of course I was like five pounds heavier because you ate salty food and gained weight. Yes. That would lose the next day. So that's really when I started digging into more of, of podcasts that were more focused on like, how does your body feel? What food, mm. How do foods make your body feel? And I didn't have a name for those things yet, but I thought, oh, how freeing. That sounds amazing. Um, and so I really started working into that realm. I threw away my scale. I threw away yes. my, like deleted all my calorie counting stuff, which was scary. So scary. So scary. For someone that hadn't trusted their body mm. in a decade to make its decisions to Mm-hmm. to trust my body to tell me what to eat and not eat pizza and mac and cheese every day was a lot. Oh. Um, but I, and I'm still on the journey. So through, you know, pregnancy and through after having a baby, I think you value your body a whole lot more. You value what it can do and what it can provide nourishing another human, growing another human. You can really value it, but those old patterns sneak in all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be really conscious of those thoughts that come back. 
um, and ask where they're coming from and are they true and right, you know, where I can work through them or make a different decision. Yeah. And I think I was talking to a friend about this too. Like I'm trying to be really kind to my body. And at this point I still don't feel super strong and confident after having a baby, but I also feel like my body's in a, in a spot where I've really deprived it for a decade mm. and then asked it to grow and nourish a human for a, you know, a year and a half for total, all of it. And I feel like if it wants to hold a little extra weight at this point to feel safe, that's probably what's going to need to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, that's that. so beautiful. You're safe and, mm. and, and we can eat whatever we want. I promise you'll always have calories if yes. you eat it. So oh. it's, it's been a journey and it, it is every day. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I loved the part, like the things I picked out was you, I, because I work with students obviously and a lot of them that were high school athletes, um, yeah, they don't, they lit like, a, and this isn't every high school athlete, but for a lot of them, it's like they're focusing on performance when they're in high school. Like that's what their goal is. And for a lot of them, they have to be bigger in order to be, you know, in the, to be the best in their sport or whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've spoken with a lot who it sounds like had a similar experience where they came to college and then when they weren't in athletics and they were surrounded with, you know, other students or other like young adults who have had like been infected with diet culture long yes. before. Yeah. Like just the shift in how, yeah, it's, it's crazy how the messages spread and how pervasive they can become. Like you mentioned for 10 years, you counted every morsel and that apple the apple story holy shit that's that's really yeah. profound i mean yeah like t- you look back and you think this what was like I what the doing? hell what was i doing i wasn't gonna eat an apple and it's so funny because um we there's like an apple test and the word i think it's comes from intuitive eating i learned it from the registered dietitian that i work with and it's like a way to know if you're like biologically hungry because for a lot of people who have like silenced their hunger you know because of like cycles of dieting um we literally like can't pick up on our hunger cues and so a way to ask yourself if you're actually hungry is like we'll find a neutral food for a lot of people that's like an apple like nobody's like oh i'm craving an apple you know but really oh my gosh that's why you're a doctor um (laughs) I truly ate like six apples a day when I was pregnant. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm going to have to like think of a different neutral food, but it's like you find a new carrots. Okay. Carrots are pretty neutral. That's good. So you find like a neutral food and you ask yourself like, am I hungry right now? Would I eat like a carrot or an apple? And if the answer is yes, then obviously you're like biologically hungry. But if it's no, it's like, okay, so I'm not biologically hungry. I can still totally freaking eat, but it's just like a way to like determine. And so it's so ironic that you were like, no, I can't have my apple. Like, (laughs) oh, that is so crazy. I of of behaviors that I did during that time. And I think like, oh my heavens, like I I was making myself a big, huge salad because it like, I crave huge, big salads sometimes. But I had a flashback of me measuring like the, the little nuggets of feta cheese onto a salad. Oh, I was like, this is fucking Oh, man. Stuff. Yeah. And isn't it crazy? Like, we think about, like, I always think about how much those decisions impacted me personally. But then I always tell myself, like, this experience is not unique to me. Like, this is, like, I never knew that about you, Tori. And, um, yeah, so it's just, like, it just shows how yeah pervasive diet culture is and how common these ideas are. Um, I love, though, the way that, where your mind has shifted now, like post, you know, having a babe 
And it's like, hey, body, you did a lot of cool shit. It's okay if you need to like reserve some fat to feel protected. That is, yeah. I love that mindset. Yeah. That's so powerful. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Been a, it's been a big shift, thankfully. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I wish it would happen a long time ago, but I'm so happy it's happened now. Right. And it's also like those, like you mentioned, it's a constant, not a constant struggle necessarily. I mean, for some folks, obviously, but it's like the thoughts totally come and go. And I love that you mentioned, like, I notice them, I question them, like I challenge them a little bit and like remind myself of like, this is okay. I'm going to be okay. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I'm curious how these kind of conversations come up in your work, because obviously I've never um, been to a pediatrician because I'm not anything but a dog mom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm curious, like, how do these conversations show up, like, in your exam room with families, with kids? What's that like? Yeah. So I, I kind of have a unique perspective. So in residency training, I, I worked um, in a specific pediatric obesity clinic mm. once a week. And so we saw kids with uh, their BMI percentile over the 85th percentile, which is considered overweight for kids. Um, and we could talk BMI for a really long time. Oh, God. <laughs> let's just leave that apart. Let's just say it is it is not um, it is not ideal. It's yes. not an ideal calculator. It's what we're working with until someone comes up with something new. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I came from a really interesting background and saw a lot of things because I obviously, when you're a learner, like a resident, you are not the boss. So right. You kind of, you kind of take whoever, you know, everybody else's knowledge and you kind of put those things in your pocket and determine like, how do I want to use this? How can I learn from this going forward? How do I want to apply it? And so for me, the most important part is showing kids that you can nourish your body and still eat whatever you want. Mm. So our, our biggest messaging that I really, really like is the 5210, which I don't know if you've heard of oh, that or not. Yeah, I think we did that as like a, like the Live Healthy Iowa. I think yeah. they did something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a nationwide message, but I was really latched on and does, done a nice job with it. Um, but it's basically like every day you would, you want to eat five fruits or veggies. So total of five. So it could be four veggies, one fruit, whatever. Um, two hours or less of screen time a day one hour of physical activity per day and zero or limited sugar sweetened beverages. And so I find that 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 provides a lot of good framework for families while still allowing for things that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. So I routinely say like, listen, if you want a cheeseburger, eat a cheeseburger. Also throw on some sides of like a fruit and veggie. So Mm -hmm. I have people like encourage them to print off or make on a whiteboard, like the five for per day and have each kid like check it off when they eat a fruit or veggie. Yeah. And then you can eat whatever you want, but mm-hmm. get your fruits and veggies in. It'll nourish your body. I find personally that when I make healthy choices, healthy choices beget healthy choices. Mm-hmm. Like when I choose food that makes me feel good, the next meal I'm like, Ooh, I felt really good after breakfast, after I had, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. was. I think I'll choose this because I know it makes my body feel good too. Right. Lots of energy. I feel, you know, really excited to be living life. And <laughs> so I think making those choices is really important and not, not, you know, really penalizing families for not, for doing things maybe against the rules. Mm, yeah. Because I think a lot of families don't like to talk about their kids' weight because they feel like it's their responsibility to it to an extent it is mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think a lot of parents, like, you know, my generation, we have this such skewed views on food. Totally. That parents come often come to me and say, like, listen, I know we don't eat well. Like, I know we eat un- unhealthy foods all the time. And I was like, well, let's talk about what's healthy and unhealthy and phrase that a little bit different. Yeah. Or, you know, I work a lot with the language of parents. So if they come in and say, like, oh, we know he's fat, he's gained a bunch of weight. And I'm like, okay, we're... Let's just stop right there and find a little bit. Can Maybe have your that? child close their ears. <laughs> yeah. And even when I review growth charts with families, I say, can we, is it okay if we review your growth mm. so the kids can say yes or no? Yeah. And then we talk about body size rather than weight. Mm. Yeah. So the healthiest body sizes are here. When we carry extra weight on our body, this is what can happen. Mm-hmm. And so often I, I get kids that are in the obese category. And what I do for them is, is, like blood evaluation. So I really get an objective measure because I tell them, you know, your size of your genes doesn't tell me whether you're healthy or unhealthy. Yes. So let's look on the inside. I'll be able to tell if your insides are working healthy or not. And if they're not, then we can choose, you know, a different path, but if they're working healthy, let's figure out a way to, to have you feel good and not, not feel scared about eating. Yes. Oh, that is so good. I, um, yeah, I think that's I, – I love the five – what is it? Five, two, one, zero. Yes. Like I love the idea of adding in things rather than trying to subtract things. Yes. It's just like – because that's when restriction really comes into play. But it's like we also know you're a kid. You do need fruits and vegetables. Like there's right. – you need those, you know, nutrients in your body. Um, and yeah, I like to that – I think it's I think it's so hard because obviously like I, I don't work in a healthcare setting, but – I'm very aware of like the weight stigma that can happen in the healthcare setting. And that's, that's like one of the most prominent places that folks have experienced weight stigma. And I, I mean, just some of the stories that you hear from, yeah, whether it's obviously pediatricians who have done it or, you know, when you're an adult and it happens in the exam room, it's just terrifying. And so I really appreciate that you are Obviously, I don't, I don't know if there's a way in medicine that you can completely avoid weight, but I feel, you know, right. I'm not the one to say that. I've, I haven't gone to school for 25 years to know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> but I but I love the way that you're including the child in the conversation and the way that you change the language to be like more inclusive and less worrisome. It's like, and I love the looking at your insides. That's so, that's so, I, I just love the way you phrase that too. Like, we're going to check out your organs and see if those are actually working good. Yeah. And if so, it's like, your body's okay. You're still a your kid. Your body is okay. Mm-hmm. You're growing. Like, that's the best part about working with kids is like, they're continuing to grow up. Yes. Right? So I ne- like, I never have to talk to people about losing weight because mm-hmm. I'm dealing with kids. Yes. So if anything, we're just like slowing the trajectory of weight gain. And so mm-hmm. that's often really really nice for them to hear like a weight lifted of like, listen, I still want you gaining weight. Like Mm -hmm. that is the goal for you to gain weight, Mm. but let's do it in proportion with your body and make sure that your, your insides are functioning really well too. Yeah. Do you ever have, I'm curious, do you ever have parents like push back on those ideas? Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot. What's that like? It's, and it's usually with, with like teens and above. Mm. So younger kids, you know, families, the pushback is often like, um, oh, we're all big. Like mm. we're all fat. It's, sometimes they'll say, and I'll be like, oh, can we not use that word? Yeah. Um, and even as a mom, there's like Dr. Seuss books that say fat and stuff. Like this one is fat with a yellow hat or something. And 
my husband and I kind of find different ways to say it. We're like, this one is larger. Yeah. <laughs> fat is like, people are like reclaiming the term fat, which is yes. like, but I think that like for kids, it still has a very negative connotation. So yeah, that, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> this boy is larger, but yeah. Yeah. So, but I think when they're teenagers, I mean, I've had families that have straight up said like, oh yeah, me and her have both gained 10 pounds that we need to lose or something. And I'm like, mm, she's still growing. And oh, I mean, it, it's hard. hard. And of course I have limited time, which is also difficult. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I really try to feel out where parents are at. Like, do you want, do you want some feedback about how growth is going? Do you not want feedback? Because you know, if you're not ready, it's not going to work. It's so it's going to go one amount, in one ear out the other. Yeah. yeah. So I've tried to really avoid as a pediatrician being so prescriptive yeah. and really trying to read my families into what they want support with. So oftentimes I review the basics and I say, you know, where can I support you or how can I help? And if they say like, hey, can we talk about, you know, healthy behaviors? I'm like, stick, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if they have no interest or they don't even like, sometimes the parents don't even want to look at the growth chart. They're like, no, we're good. Then I just let cool. it fly by. And right about it next time yeah it really sounds like you you do the best that you can with what you have like yes it's I actually each year I talk to um, first-year med students and just about like um, health coaching and like using um, yeah patient like a patient-centered approach in the exam room and basically it's around fitness like using exercise as medicine so I base it off of um, like the ACSM exercises medicine framework and what I do at the end of it is I say, okay, so um, on a good day, you're going to have five minutes to ask them about their fitness. <laughs> what happens if you have five? What about three, two, one, zero? If you yeah. have one minute or zero minutes, you know what? Screw it. We'll talk about it at the next session. It's like, yeah. so I, I feel like you really do the, the best yeah, the best that you can. And you are a damn good doctor. You make me want to, you make me want to get pregnant and have a kid just that you can oh, be my pediatrician. Yeah, <laughs> just I kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, um, one other question for you is like when you think about, and this can be both from like a pediatrician standpoint, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of like working with moms maybe like what would be and also just as like a female who or who's been a mom who is a mom like that's gone through that process what would be like one of your big takeaways or things that you would tell moms who are struggling with like their body changing from pregnancy yeah um that's tough. I really found that that changing my relationship with food before getting pregnant was huge for mm. me because even when I did get pregnant, I still felt those little things come in. Like, yeah. when you, go, you know, you go to the OB every month or whatever it is to start with, and you're gaining weight every time mm. you go. And for someone that's, <laughs> you know, that's been yourself on the scale for a decade, that can be very much like, and you know, and you read, you have to gain one to two pounds a week. And, you know, you gain 12 pounds instead of eight pounds. And you're like, oh my gosh, I knew it. Those barbecue chips are a bad idea. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Right? So you yeah. get into those traps. So I think really for young women, trying to do this work ahead of time mm. will be huge. But it's not too late. I think focusing, you know, if you are pregnant and, you, and you've had some history of restrictive eating or some disordered eating um, in your past, I think really taking a minute to appreciate what your body's doing 
and remind yourself the function of your body mm-hmm. and that it really needs nutrients to function and grow a human. Grow a fucking human. Grow a stinking human. <laughs> it is, it's a lot. It's hard work. Oh, it's insane. So I think just taking a minute to thank your body for what it's doing for you goes a really, really long way. Yeah, I love that. That is, that's beautiful. And whether you're having a baby or not, like, thank your damn body. It's doing, a, keeps us alive. Yes. Jeez, that's crazy. Yes. You and I both work with our fave Emily. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. But one of her like big things that she's done in quite a few classes is like after your class to just kind of say, thank you. I love you to your oh. body. And the first time I did that, I had tears in my eyes. Oh, like, when's the last time that you said, thank you. I love you to your own body. Yes. It's been a while. Friends. It's crazy. I know. And it's like, I do that with students sometimes, especially I lead like a a meditation workshop. And when we do like a walking meditation, I add into the script that I'm not supposed to, to like stand still and just honor the fact that your body allowed you to walk like at a snail speed for 10 minutes, you know? And sometimes students are like, that's really weird, but it's so true. Like our bodies have to do, it's crazy that how the machine has to work in order for us to have this conversation, in order for me to be sitting cross-legged. Like it's, it's bizarre and our bodies are are so extremely cool. beautiful. That's yes. They are so cool. Yeah. So Half Crunched Mama Doc. Yeah. Tell me more about your podcast. Yeah. So um, it's new, obviously. <laughs> there, um, I have a couple episodes recorded, but I haven't released yet. So hopefully, probably in the next month, I'll oh. be releasing them. I know. I can't as wait. A, you know, as a busy mom and, and um toddler and work and everything. I wanted to have a couple recorded before I go launching just in case. That's smart. Happens. Strategic. So, yeah. So the goal there is really just empowering parents. That's my goal is to provide experiences that I've been through to just make it, you know, like we've done here, like this is normal. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have gone through this and we've come out the other side. So I'm not alone in it. Right. And then also to to give a background of this pediatric recommendations or these mom blogs that make comparison just crazy to say like, he, here's the real facts and, and let me share with you how to make it fit for your family so that you can say, hell yeah, I'm making the right decision for my family. And maybe it's not exactly the recommendations or it's not exactly what this mom is doing, but it's right for my family. And I know it and I'm loving it. And I'm just like, confident and content in my decisions. Oh, I freaking love it. Yeah. That's like, that's going to be huge. Again, it's like, I'm so excited to listen to it and I don't even have children. And I feel like <laughs> a lot of stuff. So there's like, I'm planning like mom content, like kid content, and then a little bit of wellness content in there too. Like so. some Haley content. Yeah, and yeah, girl. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. It's been so cool just to learn more about you and then to have to even get to learn more about the way that you work with families. And I think you take just such a moderate approach to like life in general. Um, so I really appreciate you and I'm so excited for your podcast. Yeah. So the podcast will be coming out. I do have an Instagram page. Yes. Mama Doc that I have started posting on. So you can join me there for a little bit of content before, before the episodes come out for the podcast. Thank you again, Dr. Tori, for hopping on the podcast and sharing your experience with diet culture and also peek into your life as a pediatrician. If you haven't found Dr. Tori yet on Instagram, get to it. You can find her at Half Crunched Mama Doc. 
Let us know what you thought about this episode by sharing it to your page and tagging us at Given the Bird Podcast and at Half Crunch Mama Doc. I'll see you back here in two weeks for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.